shine between the lines if you would let yourself go find some place you know you can use your words use your hands you can change the world just pretend express yourself take a chance and you'll see who you'll be it's time to express yourself where teens talk and the world listens Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. I have found that when you are deeply troubled, the little things that you get from the silent, devoted companionship of a dog that you can get from no other source. Doris Day. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, producer of Express Yourself and Star Star Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of the Be The Story World charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. For today's show, Be The Story World wants to thank everyone who has volunteered and supported BTSYA over the years. We are thrilled to be serving the world. If you'd like to help us celebrate being a top nonprofit with a donation, please visit www.btsya.org. That's www.btsya.org. Every dollar counts, and we will use the funds for our outreach programs. Make sure to listen to Express Yourself wherever you listen to radio or music. iTunes, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, and more. We broadcast from the Empowerment Channel on Voice America Radio, the largest radio network in the world. Salutations! I'm Kirsty, your host for today's show. And I'm Julia. Today, we're going to talk about our favorite canines for today's show, dogs. Segment two, we'll have Hirsch Wilson talking about how we can learn from our best friends. In segment three, I'll be here with my thoughts on dogs. For this segment, we have Kirthi. Salutations from your favorite nerd extraordinaire, not nerd extraordinaire. British Kirthi's return is in the works, and so is nerd extraordinaire's returns. But it's, it's not there today, unfortunately. British Kirthi is still on her elite, exquisite, elongated Luxembourgian vacation. I don't think that it even counts as a vacation anymore. It's more like she's moved there. Forever. Before we start delving into our abnormally fluffy topic for today's show, I'm going to preface this segment with a short little speech about the floofiest of all festivals. The 2023 Pear and Wine Festival. Drumroll, please. For all you who don't know, the Pear and Wine Festival is a really fun event BTSYA gets to go to every year. You can plant seeds for literacy, get access to exclusive book giveaways and signings, and meet your favorite Express Yourself reporters, including me. Unfortunately, you won't be able to meet me and British Shilti at the same time because, you know, I said Luxembourgian vacation. And back to the topic. Ladies and gentlemen, esteemed guests, and fellow dog lovers, I stand before you today to talk about a subject near and dear to our hearts. Our canine companions, dogs, those lovable furballs of joys and chaos, have a lot to teach us about life, love, and laughter. 
As a puppy owner myself, I can testify that dogs are the best creatures on this planet. So, let's embark on this furry, four-legged journey together and discover the life lessons these wonderful creatures have in store for us. First and foremost, dogs are the undisputed masters of enthusiasm. Have you ever seen a dog's tail wagging at the mere sight of a tennis ball? They remind us that life is all about embracing the little things, like your morning coffee or a warm, freshly baked cookie. Dogs don't need fancy cars or big houses. They find joy in the simplest of pleasures. My dog has many different ways of wagging his tail. Sometimes it's like a helicopter. It just goes, you know, 360 degrees. And sometimes it just jiggles. I decide, like, maybe 45 degrees. I don't know. My dog's tail is very weird. So, let's take a page out of their playbook and remember to cherish life's small wonders. Next, let's talk about loyalty. Dogs are the OGs original gangsters of loyalty. Your dog doesn't care about your bank account, your job title, or your social status. They love you unconditionally. They teach us that loyalty is not about what you can get in return. It's about being there for someone when they need it the most. So, be a little more like a dog in your relationships. Remember that loyalty is a two-way street. Now, let's address the elephant in the room. Or should I say, the elephant-sized appetite in our furry friends. Dogs have no shame when it comes to food, and they remind us that it's perfectly okay to indulge in yourself every once in a while. So, next time you're debating that extra slice of pizza, just ask yourself, what would my dog do? I guarantee you'll reach for that slice with newfound enthusiasm. Whether you really realize what goes on in those fluffy little heads, you can actually learn from them. Speaking of enthusiasm, dogs also know how to greet each day with boundless energy. Ever seen a dog wake up from a nap? It's like they've just won the lottery. We can learn from them to start each day with a fresh perspective and the excitement of a new adventure. Forget the snooze button. Embrace your inner morning dog. Let's not forget the art of forgiveness. Dogs have a knack for letting go of grudges, no matter how many times we accidentally step on their tails. They will remind us that holding on to resentment and anger only weighs us down. So, let's take a cue from our canine companions and learn to forgive and forget, even when someone eats the last slice of our favorite cake. Ever noticed how dogs never hesitate to express their love? They don't hold back on affection, whether it's through slobbery kisses or wagging tails. Dogs remind us that expressing our feelings and showing our love openly can make our relationships more genuine and fulfilling. So, don't be shy about sharing your love and appreciation with those who matter to you. Give them a possum bear hug, metaphorically speaking, of course. Now, let's talk about resilience. Dogs face their fair share of setbacks, be it a lost tennis ball or an accidental bath, yet they bounce back with a tail-wagging attitude. They remind us that life's obstacles are just temporary speed bumps on the road to happiness. So, when life throws you a curveball, take a page from your pup's playbook and face it with resilience and a positive attitude. After all, every setback is an opportunity for a comeback. Consider the incredible sense of adventure dogs embody. They're always up for a walk, a car ride, or a romp in the park. Dogs remind us to step out of our comfort zones and embrace new experiences with enthusiasm. So, why not try that dance class you've been curious about or plan a spontaneous road trip? Life is an adventure and dogs are here to remind us to savor every moment of it. Now, let's tackle the issue of stress. 
Have you ever seen a stressed out dog? Probably not. Dogs have mastered the art of relaxation. They remind us to take breaks, unwind, and recharge our batteries. So, go ahead and pamper yourself with a spa day, a good book, or a lazy Saturday afternoon nap. You deserve it. So, now let's talk about teamwork. Dogs are pack animals, because they're descended from wolves, obviously. And they thrive on cooperation and camaraderie. They teach us the importance of working together to achieve common goals. So, whether you're at work, in a sports team, or a part of a community project, remember that collaboration and teamwork can lead to great success. I have to say, my dog is a great example of this. He supports this notion of the pack always staying together. You know, like, always. Literally. He gets really upset when I go to school every day because he thinks that one of those days, one of those school days, I'll magically disappear and go away forever and never come back. Sigh. When you think about what happens inside those fluffy little heads, you really wonder, like, why? Why? Like, I come back from school every single day and my dog thinks that one of those days, even though I come back every single day, Every single day before that, I came back, but this day, today, today is the day that she's never gonna come back and she's leaving me forever. Oh no! Sigh. Dogs. Lastly, dogs have mastered the fine art of living in the moment. They don't dwell on the past or worry about the future like we do. They're all about the here and now. In our fast-paced, digitally connected world, it's easy to get caught up in what's next on the agenda, or kind of ponder on what, what what already happened, the history. But dogs remind us that sometimes the best moments happen when we simply stop, take a deep breath, and savor the present moment. In conclusion, my friends, dogs are more than just our furry companions. They are our teachers, our therapists, and our abnormally fluffy best friends. They remind us to find joy in the simplest of things, to be loyal and forgiving, and to greet each other every day with enthusiasm. So, let's all strive to be a little more like our canine counterparts and live our lives to the fullest, one tail wag at a time. Let's cherish the wisdom of our canine companions. They remind us to love unconditionally, express our feelings openly, bounce back from setbacks, embrace adventure, relax when needed, and work as a team. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a lot of things we can learn from our dogs. Let's not take our dogs for granted and think, hey, Lucas dogs, what can we learn from them? Because we can learn so much from them. Like, you know, that giant list I just recited. So, let's celebrate our furry mentors and strive to be the best humans we can be by living our lives with a touch of dog-inspired wisdom. May your days be filled with the boundless joy and inspiration that dogs bring into our lives. Also, if, if you don't have a dog, get a dog, please! Yes, get a dog, and that's all the time we have for this segment. Make sure you stay tuned for our next segment where we'll dive into more dogs with Hirsch Wilson. We want to hear your thoughts and we want to answer your questions. So email us at info at be the star you are.org. That's info at be the star you are.org. Check out our radio site at www.expressyourselfteenradio.com and our creative community site at be the star you are.org. You can get involved with Be the Star You Are charity, buy books and t shirts in our store, sign up for our free newsletter, and make a donation to Be the Star You Are.
Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and entertained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen for our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with our host, Cynthia Bryan. Then on Sundays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Play with with us at be the star you are radio.com and the voice america empowerment channel enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us follow us on instagram at voice america talk radio and see what we're cooking up for you You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to segment two of our radio show. I'm your host, Julia, and today's show is all about dogs. Right now, we have our guest, Hirsch Wilson. And I'm Kyothi. Hirsch Wilson is an organizational consultant, pilot, former professional dancer, and volunteer firefighter. He writes a monthly column on dogs for the Santa Fe New Mexican and has published articles and done presentations on PTSD and firefighters and is the author of Play to Win and Firefighter Zen. He began writing a column about dogs for his local paper in Santa Fe in 2013. The 120 and counting entries filled with self-deprecating stories and light-hearted musings on a life filled with fur-covered furniture, unexplained messes, and destroyed property evolved into a decade-long meditation on the truths dogs have to teach us. From universal values like loyalty and curiosity to practical lessons on napping, playing, and avoiding a serious fight, it's eminently good advice. His wife, Lori, owns and runs an award-winning popular boutique pet store. They have two daughters and currently two dogs, a great Pyrenees named Toby and a Chihuahua Terrier mix named Maisie. They live in Santa Fe, New Mexico. More information at hirschwilson.com. Today, we're going to be talking about his upcoming book, Dog Lessons, Learning the Important Stuff from Our Best Friends, which will be published in September. It's a heartwarming meditation on the powerful presence of dogs in our lives and the transformative lessons they can teach us about love, loyalty, grief, and more. From the author of Firefighter Zen, welcome to the show, Hirsch. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm excited to talk to you. 
So, like, considering your book, in this world beset by crisis, like, it's so chaotic, there's so many things happening here, why would you write a book about dogs specifically? Well, a couple of things. Um, first of all, I know the, the world seems chaotic now, but I think we need a little perspective. And I always think about my grandparents who were both born in 1900, and they went through the First World War, they went through the Great Depression, the, the Great Flu Epidemic of 1918, the Second World War. They went through the polio scare, um, Jim Crow, um, and all the way up to the beginning of the Vietnam War. So, you know, part of the, part of the truth is that we, we kind of live from crisis to crisis. And that doesn't mean to take away from the crisis we're in now, but it's important to keep our perspective. Uh, secondly, uh, even though it can seem overwhelming, we all have a part to play in 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 making in creating a better world. We might sometimes we don't feel very empowered, but we are we do have power as individuals. And and at the same time, and this is the dog part, at the same time we're living in a chaotic world, we all have the need for solace, for comfort, uh, and for love. And and even though most of that time it means from other people, dogs are, can play a big role. They, no matter what kind of day we've had, whether we've been on a picket line or just at school or at work, when we come home, dogs are excited to be with us. We sit on the couch, they put their heads on our lap, and they are just there because they want to be with us. They, they love us. And I think in a world of chaos, having that little, little room of comfort with a dog is an important part of keeping us healthy. Yeah. I totally agree. I mean, I feel like it's so great how dogs are always your number one cheerleader. They always love you no matter if you're having a tough day or you're having a great one. You can always come home and have your dog there. And I think that's so powerful. Absolutely. I mean, you talk about so many different lessons in your book. What do you think are the most important lessons that dogs can teach us? I think the first one is love. Uh, and that dogs, I don't believe in unconditional love, but but given the right treatment, and uh, a kind and caring environment. Dogs love us. And I think that is, is hugely important to be on uh, you know, the human side of that relationship. I think secondly is that what I love about dogs is their, is their curiosity. Our dogs, even though we walk on the same road every day, are always curious and always excited to go on that walk. And they're always finding new things to explore, to smell, and to, and to discover. And that is a huge important lesson for all of us that we live in, a, in a, an amazing, miraculous world, but sometimes we don't pay attention to it. And what dogs teach me is to pay attention to the natural world. So those are, are two uh, the important lessons. I think the other lesson um, is dogs teach us how not to get into fights. Dogs um, genetically, because if you, if you go back from an evolutionary point of view, Getting into a fight, even if you were the winner, can be disastrous. If you get wounded, uh, you can die from infection or from predators. So avoiding a fight is a very, very important skill. So dogs have learned behaviors, uh, dominant and submissive behaviors, to keep them from really fighting. And it's very rare. I mean, the things that dogs fight over are reproductive issues and dominance issues occasionally. But most fights, they avoid. So that's an important lesson. I think the other lesson that's more germane to me than to you guys is that dogs teach us how to be old. Um, our, 
our, our last Burmese mountain dog, Nellie, who died when she was nine. But her last year was just a wonderful year to be with a dog who accepted her age. And just as long as she was with her people uh, and being loved, she was fine. So those are three big lessons from dog lessons. Exactly. I feel like dogs in general, like the psychology and the sense of like community and the way they interact with each other is just so unique. And I feel like we can learn so much from it. So you mentioned that you had like a Bernese mountain dog. So what does it mean to be a dog guardian or a dog owner? And why do you dislike the word owner since it's usually used? Like I call dogs owners, like the owners of dogs owners. So why right. would you prefer the word guardian over the word owner? That's a great question. I, I think words are important because uh, words shape how we think. So when you own something, uh, it implies that you can do anything you want to that, that thing that's, that's owned. It's like I own a car and at, at the end of the car's useful life, I can get rid of it, I can trade it in. Um, I think with sentient beings, you can't own, in that sense, a sentient being. You have a responsibility. I don't have a responsibility to my car. I have a responsibility to a dog. Um, and to me, the word guardian implies that my role is to keep that animal safe, um, to make sure that she's having a healthy life, she's having fun, and she's well cared for. And that's why the word guardian is so important to me. Um, and And there's... I think it starts from the from the understanding that dogs are sentient. They feel, they feel pain, they suffer, and they they think for themselves. There's all kinds of new research um, coming out and and has come out in the last decade or so about how intelligent dogs are. And when you when you take all that together and understand that dogs are sentient, it changes our relationship with them. We can't just own a dog. We can't just you know, have a dog and, and at the end of its useful life, turn it into the shelter. It's, it's, a, it's a responsibility for the, as long as the dog, dog's alive. And that's kind of why I prefer the word guardian. Um, so when you adopt a dog until it's the end of its life, you are responsible for that animal. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, dogs are not material and sentient beings are irreplaceable. Dogs are quite literally your family. Even though you can have other dogs, you will never have the same dog. Each exactly. one has their own like powerful and personal relationship with you. I mean, I really liked what you said earlier about how dogs are always so curious. You can take them down like the, the same path like a million times and they'll still find new smells and new things to notice. So can you talk a little more about how um, being the guardian of dogs has changed your view of the natural world. Right. So I think if you start from from the position that a dog um, that that has been around, you know, dogs have been around for twenty five to forty thousand years, depending on what researcher you, you talk to, and and you take the position that dogs are intelligent, they are sentient, they they have all kinds of of ways of showing that intelligence. And then and then that becomes a bridge to the natural world in, in that, that we live in a natural world full of sentience. Um, bees count. Um, we have a bird here called a pinyon jay that stores pinyon nuts and has for centuries and is really responsible for the health of our forests, that all sorts of animals have intelligence. Um, they suffer, 
they feel pain, we think they feel love. Um, so so once, once you step over that threshold and understand that we live in a world of sentience, it's a profound experience. And it changes, it, it's a question that we have to ask ourselves, how do we treat um, and how do we exist in a world of sentient beings? What's our responsibility there? I don't have the answers. I think that's something that everybody has to answer for themselves. But it's an important question to ask. Yeah, I feel like that dogs make us realize how to appreciate the details of our world. Because our world is so complex. There are all of these creatures. There's like plants, animals, humans, amoebas, bacteria, stuff like that. And then... We don't actually realize that our world is so complex until we realize this little this little puppy who's like squandering over the smallest of details in nature and like noticing. Like maybe if you take your dog on a walk, like on the same sidewalk every single day, but then one day maybe like a new squirrel in- inhabits or like maybe a new mouse inhabits that place. Now your dog's going to notice that, but you're not. That's kind of what differentiates dogs and humans. So I personally own a Shih Tzu, and he's the cutest thing ever. But I've heard so many times that like Shih Tzus, they have this certain personality. Like, oh, they're all like really, really energetic. They're really playful. So you write in the book that breeds aren't good indicators of behaviors. So could you elaborate on that? Absolutely. And I love Shih Tzus. My daughter has a Shih Tzu mix, so I'm very close to Shih Tzus. Um, I, I think... Um, the breeds are good indicators of the physical characteristics of dogs. So when you buy a lab or when you adopt a Labrador, you know what it's going to look like pretty much. But breed is, is not necessarily such a great indicator of how dogs behave. And there's this thing called biddability, which is a dog's willingness to do your bidding. You know, you throw a stick to a Labrador He's going to go get it and bring it back to you, or sometimes not bring it back to you. Um, and whereas a Shih Tzu is probably not going to do that. But what 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 we find out is that breeds are a good indicator of biddability, but in terms of other behavior, uh, it's, it, they're not good indicators. What's it's important when you want to adopt a dog. This goes. Uh, the point is this: when you want to adopt a dog, it's important to get to know the individual dog. Because the variance in behavior inside a breed is is huge, whether a dog is friendly or not friendly or shy or resource guarding, all those kind of other behaviors are really a function of the individual dog rather than the breed. So in, in essence, it's it's important to look at the individual dog when you're looking at when you go to a shelter, for example, to adopt a dog. Um, it's important to look at the individual dog rather than just go get any kind of dog from a, a, a specific breed. Yeah, I think that's so important to hear because I feel like a lot of the time people have certain almost stigma towards like certain breeds, like especially pit bulls. People mm-hmm. think they're aggressive and are afraid of them. I mean, even myself growing up, I remember reading, there was like a popular children's book that has a scene where like a pit bull chases someone up a tree or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they're shown as this like aggressive angry creatures and then i went over to my friend's house the other day they have a pit bull and she was the sweetest dog i have ever met she was so adorable so i was wondering what does make a dog aggressive what kind of factors play into that i think that's a really important question and 
we think of the word, not the word aggression, but we think of a dog being reactive. Mm. And what makes a dog reactive? And I think the most important thing is fear. When a dog's afraid, it's going to it's going to react. So, so and and to go to pit bulls, you know, I, I think my brother has a pit bull named Baron, sweetest dog there is. Has it's a it's it's a shelter dog, so it has some issues with other dogs, but with people, it's, Baron is great. So we have to ask, you know, not only uh, how do we reduce fear from in a dog, but then the other thing is that uh, there was this great study that was done in. Uh, in the 20th century, this Russian scientist who raised foxes. And what he did was take foxes and and find the, the foxes that were most approachable, uh, most gentle, and bred them. And eventually, after, after six or seven generations, he had foxes that acted just like dogs. They whined when he showed up. They were uh, wagging their tails, ears down, very, very affectionate, and were just like dogs. So breeding, how, how dogs are bred, is really important in terms of how they're going to turn out, in, in terms of their behaviors. So now if you turn that on your head, on, on its head, and say, if I breed dogs like pit bulls, finding the most aggressive behaviors and breeding the most aggressive dogs, you're going to get a, an aggressive, reactive dog. So there's two parts of it. There's one, how dogs are bred. And I, I think the... the the example that, that everybody in the dog world uses are fighting dogs. Fighting dogs are bred to be aggressive, right? And they're going to be aggressive. They're going to be reactive. And um, the other part is how dogs, how dogs, um, their first three months and how they are treated. If they're, if a dog is chained up, which you should never chain a dog, if it can't find shelter, can't find us a water dish, or if a dog is cornered, uh, or if a dog in any other situation feels fearful. It's going, the dog, he or she is going to react. So our responsibility as guardians is to make sure we have a trusting, loving relationship with a dog and not punish a dog. Uh, punishment is, a, is not the most effective way to train anybody. And as if either one of you have ever been on an athletic team, you know, in the, in the past, it was, you know, you don't do something right, you're going to run laps, you're going to run hills. And that's just an ineffective way to get people to change behavior, especially, and dogs to get dogs to change behavior. We want to be positive. We want to re be positive, reinforcing. Find a dog doing something right, and it reinforces the hell out of it. And also distraction. So if a dog jumps up on one of your friends, put treats on the floor so the, the dog goes for the treats and it associates your friend with treats. So those are the kind of training behaviors that we can use to really to minimize a dog being reactive. Yeah, it's kind of like nature versus nurture. Like, is it that the dog in itself was born to be like that? Or that it was like raised in circumstances that kind of triggered those behaviors? Like, as far as I know, pit bulls are like banned in the UK. Like, you're not allowed to have a pit bull as a pet because it's considered like a dangerous dog. So I'm kind of against that. Because I feel like it kind of depends on the owner of the dog and not exactly on the breed of the dog. So I definitely agree with you. So what do you think is your most important lesson from writing dog lessons? Like we've heard like three different lessons before. So which one do you think is the most important out of them? I think the most important lesson is kind of what we're talking about. 
and it, it goes to the resilience of dogs, their ability to bounce back. Uh, growing up, and before I started the research for this book, I was convinced that the first three months of a dog's life put in stone how they were going to behave as a dog. So how they're raised as a puppy put in stone how they would be as a dog. And, and our, our current dogs, Maisie and Toby, Great Pyrenees Toby, and Maisie the Chihuahua Terrier, are testament to that's not true. Um, dogs are resilient. If you treat them right, and you love them, and, you, and you're patient, 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 and kind, uh, dogs that were scary and reactive and fearful can turn out to be great, great uh, companions. Uh, when we got, Maisie was a street dog, and she was found by my daughter, and then we, we ended up adopting her, adopting her, when we got her, she was, she'd growl when we tried to get near her. She would just sit there and shake. But after a couple of months of kind of a structured life, of having a walk every day, having regular meals, having a lot of time to be alone when she wanted to be alone, she turned out to be this wonderful little irritable sometimes because she's part chihuahua, but um, great dog. And the same with Toby. He was a shelter dog and he would been, had been returned to the shelter three or four times before we got him. And when we brought him to our house, he did a circle of the house, circle of our yard, and came back and sat on the couch and wanted nothing to do with us. And it took him about two or three months before he became our family dog. But now he's a wonderful dog. So I think the most important lesson that I learned in writing the book and take and to take personally is that dogs are resilient. And and I, I, what I want to say just as an offhand remark is that because dogs are resilient, it's really important for us to kind of destroy the stigma that shelter dogs are somehow uh, not a good idea when you want to adopt a dog. The first place we should go to adopt an animal is a shelter, not only because they're great dogs, but because there's great need. Yeah, I mean, so recently, well, not super recently, like when I was a pretty little kid, actually, my my cousins, they adopted this dog and it was from a shelter and everyone at the shelter was warning them, this dog has serious behavioral issues. Mm. It was less that he was reactive. It was more that he was very anxious around other dogs. Sure. So he would go into fight or flight mode and lash out, even though he was such a sweetheart around all the different humans. But they brought him home anyway, and they they took him to socialize with other dogs, and they went very slow. And yeah, recently he he passed away, which was so heartbreaking. And I was wondering why is it just this new level of pain to like lose a dog that you've known all your life? And is it okay to really grieve the loss of a dog to the same extent you would grieve losing a family member? That is such an important question. And and part of the answer is it's it's uh, up to every individual. Um, so I can speak from my experience. Um, I've had 18 dogs. I'm old. <laughs> so I've had 18 <laughs> dogs since I was 10 years old. And I think when you're young and, and you think you'll live forever and you think your dogs will live forever, um, it's really, really hard to lose a dog. And it's, it's kind of, for a lot of people, it's the first time that they encounter death. Um, and that's, that's just a significant life experience that we're all, we all go through, but it's hard. And I think the reason we grieve our dogs dying is because they love us and we love them. And so there's this, you know, just like we love the people in our family, we love our dogs. 
And so we have this thing called love. And when someone, when someone we love dies, whether a human or a dog, it's painful. It's hard. It can be a very dark time. And I think that's okay. It's, it's okay. To, you know, people say, well, it's just a dog. And I think that's wrong. Dog, dogs play a special part in our lives. Um, and, and so I think it's always not okay to grieve when a dog dies, but it's important to go through the grieving process. I think the other part of that is no one can tell you how to grieve. Everybody grieves. There's, there's no path. There's no uh, you know, phases you go through that you can tick off. Everybody's, everybody's approach to grieving is different. And no one should tell you what's right or wrong. So in summation, I think it's, it's okay to grieve and natural to grieve when you lose a dog. And no one can tell you how you should grieve because it's different for everybody. I love that. Because I feel like we losing a dog is like losing a human. It should be equivalent to using, uh, like uh, losing a, a human or a family member. Because the way you love a dog is the way you love a family member. Like you don't love anyone differently. Like when you look at a dog and a human, because you live with that dog for the entirety of its life, or maybe for part of its life, for people who like adopt the dog when it's older. But still, the way that a dog loves you is the way that no one else loves you. Most likely, a human doesn't love you the way the dog loves you. No matter what you do the, to, to the dog, it's going to stay loyal to you, and it's always going to love you. So just one last quick question. Why should someone consider being a guardian for a dog? Wow, what an important question. Um, I think, first of all, um, in order to be a guardian for a dog, you have to you, you have to realize that it's, it takes time and patience, um, and that means time with the dog. So one of the first things you have to ask is, am I somebody who, who um, can spend time with my dog? Is my job or school going to take me away from the dog so the dog is home alone a lot? Those are really important questions to ask. Uh, secondly, what a dog what a dog brings to you is just what you talked about is un- you know conditional love. Uh, if you treat them with kindness and 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 love, they will love you back. And it's 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 pretty much an indescribable relationship unless you've been there with a dog. So that's um, what you get back. I think I think secondly, it's important to understand, and I talk about this in the book that we have a crisis in do- in shelters right now where there's so many dogs that are are loving. And just so much want a home with human beings. Dogs evolved. We co-evolved with dogs to, to be together. And all those dogs in shelters are looking for homes. So when you think about adopting a dog, the first place you should go to is your local shelter. Yeah, uh, I feel like this conversation was just so powerful. I mean, dogs are just such profound creatures. And everyone remember, please consider adopting a dog from a shelter. It's so important. Be sure to check out Hirsch's website at www.hirschwilson.com. Make sure to check out our radio site at www.expressyourselfteenradio.com. Buy books and t-shirts in our store and make a donation to BTSYA. That's www.bethestarur.org. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. 
Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and entertained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen for our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with our host, Cynthia Bryan. Then on Sundays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Play with with us at be the star you are radio.com and the voice america empowerment channel want to see what voice america is up to behind the scenes follow us on tiktok at voice america talk radio You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hello, and welcome back to Express Yourself. I'm your host, Kirthi and today's show is all about how dogs can help us learn and how we can learn from our dogs. Right now, we have my fellow co-host, Julia Howe, who is going to tell us how dogs can boost your entrepreneurial career. Yeah, hello, everyone. I know in the whirlwind world of entrepreneurship, where every single moment counts, there's a secret weapon that can propel you to success. One that doesn't require an MBA or a fancy corner office. Enter your four-legged life coach, your dog. Dogs are more than just your furry companions. They're entrepreneurial inspirations, business motivators, and sources of tail-wagging enthusiasm. So grab your leash because we're about to embark on a journey through the world of entrepreneurship guided by the invaluable lessons dogs can teach us, explore some fantastic business ventures, and draw inspiration from some famous innovators who proudly share their lives with their dogs. Entrepreneurship is a wild roller coaster ride, complete with those highs and those lows and those unexpected loops. Through it all, our dogs offer a masterclass in unwavering loyalty and persistence. When the going gets rough, (laughs) they'll always be there to go on a walk with us, give us kisses, and be our number one cheerleaders. One of the most apparent lessons dogs can teach us is the importance of staying active. Dogs demand daily walks and playtime, ensuring you stay off that sedentary startup couch. Staying active doesn't just keep them healthy, it also keeps your entrepreneurial spirit fit, your stress levels down, and your productivity soaring. Dogs come with a built-in alarm clock that's programmed to remind you to take breaks. Working hard and long hours or going to school for hard and long hours is often the price tag of building a successful business. 
but our furry friends remind us that stopping for a moment of fun isn't just a luxury, it's a necessity. If you're having trouble remembering to take a break, your dog's tiny bladder might actually be a blessing in disguise. In the complex world of business strategies and endless meetings, dogs are the masters of embracing simplicity and practicing mindfulness. They find joy in the most basic of life pl life's pleasures, like chasing their tails or rolling in the grass. They remind us to take a pause, enjoy the journey, and sometimes just roll with it. Now that we've explored some valuable lessons from our canine coaches, let's find some pet-related business ideas that are also a walk in the park. For dog lovers who have a nurturing streak, offering services such as pet sitting, dog walking, and pet grooming allows you to combine your love for animals with a lucrative venture. If you appreciate the beauty of pets or are constantly bombarding your friends with millions and millions of pictures of your dog from slightly different angles, consider diving into the world of pet photography and artistry. Entrepreneurs with innovative ideas for pet products are barking up the right tree. From designing unique pet toys to whipping up specialized pet foods or treats, the opportunities are endless. Pet owners are always on the hunt for novel, high-quality products to pamper their furry friends. Animal-assisted therapy is a rapidly growing field, proving the powerful impact that pets can have on human well-being. Entrepreneurs can explore opportunities in providing behavioral therapy, physical rehabilitation, or even therapy animal training services. These ventures don't just contribute to the betterment of other individuals. They also offer a snuggle full of fulfillment. So let me give you some real life examples of how innovators have formed their business with their canine sidekicks. Let's start with Elon Musk and Marvin the Bulldog. So Elon Musk, the mastermind behind SpaceX and Tesla, has a big dog named Gatsby, a little dog named Marvin the Martian, and a cat named Schrodinger. Schrodinger's hat is a thought experiment in quantum mechanics. It illustrates the concept of superposition, where the cat inside a sealed box is considered both alive and dead at the same time until you open the box and see if it is. And in this case, Elon Musk also tweeted that one day his cat disappeared, and to this day, he doesn't know if his cat Schrodinger is alive or dead. Another example is Oprah Winfrey and Sadie the Cocker Spaniel. Media mogul and philanthropist Oprah Winfrey has a special bond with her cocker spaniel Sadie. Oprah's empathy and compassion for others, seen through her extensive humanitarian work, closely mirror the unconditional love and empathy that Sadie gives her every day. In a world of business where success can sometimes just be measured in how many zeros you have, Oprah and Sadie remind us that compassion counts above all. Our furry friends are more than just companions. They're life coaches, motivators, and endless sources of inspiration for entrepreneurs. Their life lessons from unconditional love to the importance of staying active to taking breaks guide us through the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. So whether you're navigating startup stress, struggling in school, or celebrating a big win, remember that your trusty canine co-founder is always there, ready to wag their tails and remind you that every day is a positive day in the world of entrepreneurship and dogs. Exactly. Every day is a positive day as, it, as if it's your bulk day. Like, you know, like birthday, bulk day, get it? No, it's not, it's not that good. But still, always be on the positive side. 
As always, we express our gratitude to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be the Star You Are, and our Voice America Empowerment crew, especially our audio engineer, Andrew. Thanks to our guests from all across the world, and a huge thank you to our listeners for making us a top-rated program. For more information about the Be the Star You Are charity, visit www.bethestoryouare.org. Find us on Instagram at Express Yourself Radio. Our dogs can be friends, family, or even abnormally fluffy therapists. To them, you're the only important person in their lives, and you have to cherish that unique love they give you. Always remember to speak up, speak out, and most importantly, express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines if you would let yourself